0: this computer. Uh, So I I have only been certified as a coach since this past summer. I got an RFCA certification, um, and that was a really, really cool experience. I learned a lot. It was a great group of people, and they're a great organization. But I've been running for uh, a little over 14 years, and I've been working with this company, Fitness Protection, since we launched in April. Um, Cool. I my trajectory prior to that is a little unconventional I guess you would say uh, I I got a PhD in Italian literature I taught Italian wow. literature at the college level for a while um, but academia is a very hard life and I really didn't want to do it anymore once I had spent several years on the job market not getting hired not getting hired not getting hired and like you do, you have to put up with a lot of uncertainty for a very long time in order to eventually be successful and there's no guarantee that you will There's no guarantee you'll get a job that's going to pay your bills or make it worth it for your family to move every year. Um, and it was just really time to stop. And so I did, I had sort of a staff job, um, at a language center at the university and at Harvard university, um, for the last year. And I left in August to, uh, to coach with fitness protection full-time. So.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Um, let's, can we talk like some of the, the, your big running highlights from yourself? Like you said, you've been running for 14 years. And so yeah. any big races you've run or really great experiences that you're.
0: Oh, I've had so many great experiences and, um, and, and a lot of really not great ones too. I think <laughs> I, I, I actually keep a word document that I've, that I've had for a long time where I keep track of every race I've ever run. There's just something about that, that are like tally oh, cool. is, is fun for me. So it's about 60 total in my life. Um, wow. And I know that because I went through a period where I just wanted to run races all the time. And I'm not really sure why, because I hated (laughs) running
1: races.
0: (laughs) Um, I run a lot fewer races now than I used to. I think Mm. my favorites have been. Let's see. I ran the New York City Marathon in 2007. That was one of the best days ever. I went into it with very low expectations because I had had a very hard training cycle. It was probably too many marathons in a year. And but then I got into New York through the lottery. And like, what are you going to do? Not run New York? Right. Lottery. So uh, (laughs) so I ran. It's like lightning
1: striking. You got to (laughs) go.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I wasn't even sure I was going to start until I was like on the Staten Island Ferry (laughs) morning that I was like, all right, well, there's no going back now. I'm going to do this. Um, And I, and I just had the best day. I was just able to actually really soak it in because all I needed to do was finish. And I really, it was, I think the first time I ran a race where I honestly did not care how mm-hmm. fast I went as long as I got there um, and it was it was amazing I still like get chills when I remember coming out of the Queensboro Bridge onto First Avenue in Manhattan that all I had to do is think about that and I get like woo so that's wow. a race I'd love to do again someday. Um, More recently, though, I have taken the focus off of like the sort of singular day, the singular experience. And I've been for the last two years, I've basically just been on sort of a monthly training plan that keeps me at about like half marathon readiness. And that's um, one of the levels of training that we, um, that we offer through the Fitness Protection Program. Everything we offer is monthly. There, we, we, don't, we don't sell marathon and half marathon training plans. We offer them to our members. But the focus of the program is um, either rebuilding your fitness if you're coming back from a prolonged period of not running for whatever reason, because those happen to all of us, all the time. Um, Or if you've, you know, you've trained for a race, maybe you've gotten to a certain level of fitness. We offer monthly programs to help you maintain that level of fitness without kind of burning yourself out or beating yourself up so that when you're ready and some kind of race comes along that sounds really interesting to you, you have the fitness to just kind of go do it um, if it's a marathon, you need about 10 weeks to build up from where we have you maintaining um, and that's what I'm building up to right now. But but in general, um we kind of encourage more of a, like, let's take the focus off the events. Let's put the focus on consistency and kind of like giving yourself that really wide base. So you, you honestly have the flexibility to do a whole lot of different things. So I've been training that way for a couple of years and I've had some awesome races in the last two years because I have not run anything that has required me to really plan ahead for it. It's just more like, how do I feel today? Do I want to go for it? All right. Um, one of my favorite races that I've run many times is the the Tufts 10K for women in Boston, which is now the Reebok 10K for women. Mm. Um, that it's a great event if anyone is in the Northeast and you know a hop, skip, and a jump from Boston. It's usually um, the second weekend in October. It's the Monday of um, Columbus Day weekend. That's most most things have the day off in Boston that day, and the race it starts and finishes in downtown Boston. It's an amazing course. Um, usually Joan Benoit Samuelson is there. She's one of, sort of the, the athletes that comes. And the first year that I did it, she was at the finish line shaking everyone's hand. Say, oh, oh, wow. That's, uh, That's another cool. one of the coolest race yeah. experiences I've ever had. Um, but things like that, I, I used to kind of plan ahead for them and get really amped up about them and feel like I need to run my fastest 10K ever or this won't have been worth it. And now I try to re- try to approach it more from the mindset of like, let's, how do I feel today? Do I feel like really running as hard as I can? Do I feel like kind of pulling back and making this more about taking in the atmosphere and enjoying the day? Um, and, and I really like that flexibility and I feel like it's led to overall better experiences in, in running and racing and so. Um, oh,
1: cool. Yeah. Well, you, that, that's a great segue to, you know, when, and I'll just go ahead and say, one of the things we wanted to do today and, and I thank Sarah for coming on, is to talk to take some of the questions that people asked in our discussion thread last Friday, and sort of answer them one by one. And one of the things, when Sarah and I were talking about this before, that you noticed was a lot of them sort of circled around a similar theme of how you get faster. And mm-hmm. um, I think, let's just kind of start there, and you had some really interesting thoughts on that, so I wanted to kind of let you talk about that.
0: Yeah. So I, first of all, I, I just want to, I want to make it clear that I think it's totally fine and great to want to get faster and so I think it it might be easy to hear some of the things I'm about to say and think that I just want everyone to give up on being faster and that's not true that's not what I think at all I have every intention of continuing to get faster in the marathon Um, I still I, I have unfinished business with the marathon I have unfinished business with the half marathon I am very interested in getting faster but I feel that The mindset of just being consistent in your training, staying healthy and building volume is really the best way to get there. And to not be in a rush to get there, I think, is the other thing that's really the key. Because ultimately, I'm playing a really long game. I still want to be doing this when I'm 80. I really do. Um, I, I think that would be amazing, and I would rather have that than pretty much any single, you know, sort of race time that could possibly fall out of anything that I would be doing. Um, having said that, I do I do understand that people want to get faster. I want to get faster, and I am getting faster, and I'm getting faster not by doing, like, more speed work and more magic workouts for any distance, but um, by doing – running specific strength training on a really consistent basis and keeping myself from having to cut back on running for any length of time really. And I've had, I've, I've had to go to the PT a couple of times over the past year for like a little issue that's cropped up here and there. Um, and, I, I, try to, I try to maintain a really consistent relationship with my physical therapist um, so that he, he knows what my baseline looks like, he knows um, what I, the way I'm moving when I'm healthy, when everything's working well, so that really early on in the course of having some sort of a running-related running niggle, um, we're, we're able to kind of figure out where it's coming from, figure out what strength you know, what what, what areas need to be strengthened, any imbalances that need to be corrected. So we work on the issue and we work on strengthening the overall structure. And honestly, being able to run as consistently as possible without stopping is the number one thing that's going to make you faster. And you will be able to do that if you run easier and if you make sure you're keeping your body strong. And so so I know that um, it's... It's, it's, it's a little bit counterintuitive to say that you need to run easier in order to ultimately get faster, but it's really true because if you run easier, and when we, in the fitness protection program, when we say run easy, we mean like you run with a heart rate monitor, and we give you mm. a cap of 140 beats per minute for most of your most of the minutes that you're running every week. Um, every run is by time. So there's no pr- where no pressure to get any number of miles. What really matters is time on your feet underneath that heart rate cap. Um, and that's a really low cap for a lot of people. And many people, when they start out heart rate training, have their feelings hurt when they realize how <laughs> slow they have to go. I also, I've, I've been training by heart rate for over three years when I started. Um, it was very, it, it was upsetting at first to see how slow I had to go because I think what we don't realize is how much rhetoric there is around faster being better in running. Mm-hmm. Like we just, we kind of make that association <clears throat> Automatically without really thinking about it. And you hear a lot of people saying, like, oh, well, he's a really good runner. What do they mean by that? They mean he's a really fast runner almost all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't really subscribe to that. I don't really subscribe to that. I think a good runner is someone who like does the work and cuts themselves slack when they need to and keeps a running habit that's really strong. to me it really has nothing to do with pace. We have we have really good runners in our programs who run paces that are that go anywhere from from like an eighteen minute mile or even slower. Um, to I, I have my, my best running friend's easy effort pace is like a good two minutes faster than mine, but she slows hmm. down and, and runs at my pace because yeah. <laughs> It's it's all good like we all <laughs> yeah, we really just all all we're looking for is time on your feet on a really consistent basis knowing when you need to cut back because you had stress in your life because something else is going on that's tiring you out more than usual being able to listen to your body which is the most advanced thing you can do as a runner and it's really hard for a lot of runners to do because we get really caught up in like I need to do more, I need to work harder, I need more speed workouts, I need more this, I need more that, um, you know, on my rest day I'm gonna to go to a spin class, because that's good cross training, and the spin class is really just gonna tire you out, and then you're, you're not actually going to recover from your harder days, so I've heard a lot of people say, you know, run your harder days harder, and your easier days easier, and that's, that's I think, good advice for the majority of runners, but that really falls out of, run your easy days easier. If you run your days easier, you'll find you're able to run the harder days harder because you're actually recovering um, in between.
1: That's really interesting. So it's triggering the thought as you say that, that there are things that we think work or we believe work and they're, and that may or may not be the same as what actually works. And it sounds like you're really trying to get to what actually works, you're using the heart rate measurement, and you're, I'm, I'm assuming prescribing only a certain, you know, number of minutes—twenty minutes, thirty minutes, maybe ten minutes—I'm not sure what it is, but um, yeah, that's that's really really helpful.
0: In- I, I think it, it's so freeing it takes so much pressure off you know and, and early early on especially when you're having to slow down a lot more than you're used to with our monitor on um, it, there can be a lot of panic that you know you're not running as many miles as, as you used to maybe and um, you know all this wait all of a sudden my, my 45 minute run I'm only going you know four miles I'm only going three miles I'm not even going three miles it, it really all depends and it all depends on a lot of things and mm-hmm. another thing that we try to to tell people is that they, the pace that you end up running in order to stay under that heart rate cap is really a vanity metric. It doesn't actually hmm. say anything about you. It definitely doesn't say anything about you personally. I mean, like so, so many things that we give a lot of sort of moral value to. How fast are you? How good are you? Like I was saying hmm. before, doesn't say anything about you. And it also doesn't really say anything about your fitness level necessarily. My easy effort pace at 140 has not changed a whole lot over the last year or so but I know that I'm a lot fitter because when we do have the hard workouts I can sustain faster paces for longer there so and in other words there are other ways of measuring like your actual fitness level and your actual progress your easy effort pace is just it depends a lot more on how well you slept the night before whether you're getting your protein needs met all of your different macronutrient needs met that's going to have an effect on how efficient you are at easy effort, much more so than how many speed workouts you've been doing. Um, so I would argue that it really makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. And again, this is, I, I recognize that when I say like, you need to stop paying attention to your pace, a lot of people just aren't going to listen to me. I'm pretty yeah. at that <laughs> point. Both my, my business partner and I are very used to that. It's really hard. Like, I, I just want to acknowledge that this, this is so ingrained in recreational running it's mm-hmm. very, very hard to change your mindset. It takes a very long time. Um, but I think it's work that's really worth doing because running running easy, truly easy, is like really pleasant. Mm-hmm. Whenever someone talks about hating running, my first thought is you're probably going too fast. You, you might mm-hmm. have a much nicer time if you were willing to slow down a little bit. Um, but, but in the day, so I, I have a four-year-old daughter, and in the years of running before my daughter is, was born, those were the, for me, I think, and, and my, my ego, and the way I thought about myself, and the way I thought my running, what I thought my running said about me, it was like not acceptable to me to run slower than 10-minute miles ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really it 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 hurt my feelings. It made me feel bad if I had a run where I was running slower than ten minute miles. Um, I, my my easy effort pace is a little slower than ten minute miles now after three years of heart rate training. Um, but I, but I honestly really don't care about that anymore. And what happened so earlier, I had a lot of injuries in that period. I, I injured my IT band and that took a very long time to come back from. And then other things that felt like were always popping up. So I, I was having to run slower. I was not able to run faster because I was not able to run enough to really build up any fitness. So all I was doing was kind of tiring myself out every time I ran and I was never really recovering and stuff was just always happening. And I was not very happy with Running, but I really felt like I needed to do it anyway. And because running slower than ten minute miles hurt my feelings so much, I just stopped running with a watch. Mm. I, and I could not, I, I couldn't stand anything that would remind me of the actual pace that I was running. Um, so, and I thought that, and I think that that was probably the right thing for me to do in that era because it was, the, the numbers were just too like triggering to me. Mm-hmm. And now I, I run, I run with a GPS watch, I run with a heart rate strap, or I have like all the data, it's all there. <laughs> uh, and I just, and I think now what's, what's changed for me is I've been able to kind of right size my fixation on it a little bit more. So it's there. It's helpful. Um, It's helpful to see the different ways that my fitness is improving, which shows up in ways very different from what my pace numbers are. Um, But it's also not something that I pay attention to while I run basically at all. Um, I just need to know how much time I've been out there, um, what my heart rate is, although I don't really pay that much attention to that either anymore cause I've gotten pretty good at feeling where it is and I don't need the sort of reinforcement of, of the heart rate monitor as much. It's just good data to have. So that's why I still wear it. Um, I just need to know like, am I running easy? How much time have I been out here and how much time before I'm done? Do I need to turn around now? <laughs> if I
1: <laughs> if I run
0: for five more minutes and then I turn around, am I going to be late to take my kid to school? Usually the answer is yes. Sometimes I do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: when when you're talking about the heart rate monitor, you're I mean, what sufficient like is an Apple Watch or a Garmin sufficient for that? Or and I don't have a Garmin, so I don't even know if it does. But you're talking about like more of like the you you're the chest strap heart rate monitor, right? Yes.
0: So okay. I run with a chest strap. Chest strap. Uh, we recommend the chest strap for people who are starting out because the all of the wrist based heart rate monitors that are out right now the technology just is not really at a point where it's super reliable and consistent Mm. it's it's much more delayed so it's an optical sensor on the wrist watches that have a monitor and you have to wear them really tightly
1: which i personally
0: hate um and that's a
1: great question too because i've got one
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think especially on the Apple Watch, it's like, it's not super reliable. Um, Mm. Some people have their, I think the most recent Garmin, the most recent Polar watches have, the the technology is getting better, but it's not even close to the chest strap yet. Um, The chest strap is great unless for you, for whatever reason, everyone's body is different. And for some people, the chest strap is just super, super uncomfortable and they hate Mm. it. And if it's super uncomfortable and you hate it, don't do it. Like, we don't want anyone to do anything that's going to make them hate running. That's kind of the bottom line. You want the habit. You want to want to do it. You want to be choosing it every day. Um, so if the, if the chest strap drives you crazy because of chafing, and I think that's that, that's the source of a lot of people's problems. Um, and on really long runs, I get a little bit of that, too. I try to put, like, a little bit of lube on the on my back where it clasps and then in the front, too. Um, you know, don't, don't do anything that's going to drive you crazy. If you can stand it though, getting a strap that syncs with, with your watch is the best way to have really accurate information. So my, my watch is actually pretty old. It's, um, I think it's like four years old and I don't think they sell them anymore. It's the Polar M400. You might be able to get one on eBay. Um, but it, it's, it's pretty basic compared to some of the metrics you can get from the fancier ones now, but it really does everything that I need and I like it and I hate change. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm really not tempted to like get a new one until this one totally, you know, won't like, won't do the things I need it to do anymore. Um, I think almost any watch you can run with, these days will either through Bluetooth or through ANT have the capability to sync up with, with a chest strap. So my chest strap has a Bluetooth chip in it and that's how I have to sync it with the watch. But, um, but yeah, that's that's how I get that. So I just have to be wearing them both. And I used to forget the chest strap all the time or lose it. And now I have like four different straps. The monitor just clips <laughs> onto whichever one I happen to be using. And there's always one within reach. And, you know, <laughs> I, I managed to make it out the door in time most of the time.
1: Cool. Well, um, any sort of final words of wisdom for for runners who want to get faster? And, and just uh, anything, anything you haven't said that you think like oh yeah they should know this too
0: yeah um so aside from pulling back the curtain a little bit on the mystique of getting faster and the the fact that like being faster doesn't make you better and Mm. not every race can or needs to be or should be a pr um and i i know that that's that's like something that you're hearing and like kind of rolling your eyes at me a little bit um (laughs) and i get it that that's that's not the question you want to get faster okay me too um I think it's really worthwhile to make sure that you get enough sleep and make sure that your nutrition is good. And when I say good, I mean, I I am not talking about like virtuous. I'm talking about are your macronutrient needs getting met? Are you getting enough protein every day? Are you getting enough carbs every day? Are you getting enough fat every day? And what enough means for your body is something that you need to determine. Um, There are a lot of good books out there that delve into the subject, particularly for women. Um, we, We talk about this a lot. The fact that there is not a whole lot of great research on female runners out there compared to what there is really? on male runners a lot of studies focus almost unilaterally on men a lot of the information that has been accepted for a long time is valid for male runners and less so for female runners um there's a really great book that i've that we've been recommending lately that a lot of people on running podcasts have recommended called roar by stacy sims um mm-hmm. that especially for you know women in their 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond that is supposed to have some of the best advice currently out there in terms of like figuring out what works for you um in different stages of your life hormonally. So what nutrition can nutrition is always a tricky thing I, and that's why I I don't want to like really get a lot more specific mm-hmm. but getting your getting your macronutrient needs met that's kind of like the the baseline thing that I think everyone really needs to check in on. And where that falls flat is in protein intake so a lot of people right now are getting ready for fall marathons and we actually just answered this question on our Q&A last night Um, people are starting to say like oh my legs felt so heavy on my run this morning Um, and that's that's usually the first thing to check in on are you getting enough protein and you might be surprised at how much you actually need compared to what you might actually be getting. Often the protein content in foods um, is lower than you might think it is, or at least the ratio of protein to carbs in something might be lower than you think it is. Nowadays, I would say, just to to counterbalance that a little bit, there's a big protein craze. I feel like every single package Hmm. is like, this many grams of protein, so like, be be sensible. Know know when you're tra- when know when you're being sold something. Know when um, you're sort of getting like objective information about what's in something. But that's I, I think that's something to pay really good attention to because what I was saying before about your easy effort pace being more determined by how much sleep you're getting and how your nutrition is on the whole, and, um, when your life is really stressful, those are usually kind of the first things to fall off. It's like the way Mm -hmm. you take care of yourself. Um, so when you're in a, when you're, you're coming up on a race that you really care about, you are going to have way more success by shoring those things up. Um, really making sure that you're getting enough nutrition and sleep Um, than by adding speed workouts, because if you're deprived in the areas of nutrition and sleep, and and you, you think that in order to get faster, you have to add more work to your workouts. Um, that is most likely not going to lead to good things, overtraining, injury. Um, and you really don't want to go there because I think what keeps people, and this is the last thing I'll say, what keeps people from getting faster is constant setbacks um, whether it's injury, whether it's just burning out and needing a huge break from all of it and saying like, I promise I'll keep up running a little bit but then you don't because you just need a break and you're so tired and of course you are because you've been so hyper focused on getting ready for this race and, like, and really just wearing yourself out and then you just need to like take a huge step back. And that moon bust cycle is, is what keeps that consistency from staying really, really solid and allowing you to build volume and stay healthy. And that's really, ultimately, in the long game sense of things, and I am playing a long game, that's, that's kind of, that's the way in the end to um, get where you want to go. It's just not stop.
1: Ooh. Well, that's a great place for us to stop. Um, yeah. Sarah Axelrod, thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate you coming on. This is fun. Thank you so much.
0: This was really, really kind of you to invite me. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking to you and good luck with the newsletter and good luck with this new feature. This is really cool. Yeah, Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Okay.